0: Hi Laura, hi Naked News I never have hot naked women interviewing me I don't believe that It's It's true Thank you so much for being on the show Clearly it's my pleasure Laura, (laughs) nice to see you From the Naked News studios in Toronto, Canada You're listening to Talk Naked That was a great introduction, thank you very much I'm very good at my job
1: (laughs) You are, aren't you?
0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Talk Naked. I'm Laura Desiree, and we've got a sexy and super fun interview to share in its full uncut glory today. I've mentioned it many times before that my foray into life as a performer started with burlesque. It's an art form that has aroused and agitated audiences since people had garments to undress. From the erotic espionage of Mata Hari, to the gender-bending cabarets of Weimar Berlin, to the superstar celebrity of Gypsy Rose Lee, and that uber-popular gitchy-gitchy-ya-ya-da-da tribute to the Moulin Rouge, burlesque is eternally a stimulating experience. I started my burlesque career in New York City. I attended the New York School of Burlesque and learned everything from glove peels to tassel twirls to feather fans and even lap dances. But burlesque isn't just about removing clothing in an arousing fashion. It's a platform for all kinds of expression, cultural, political, generational. I wanted to chat with someone who's expressing themselves masterfully with endless versatility. I knew I had to nab an interview with one of my dear New York City burlesque friends, the great Calamity Chang. So as you're listening to this one, remember folks, I did this talk naked. Welcome to The Schmooze, everyone. Laura Desiree here, coming at you from Brooklyn, New York. Today, I have the grand pleasure of sitting and chatting with internationally acclaimed burlesque superstar, Calamity Chang. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Laura. Hi, Naked News. Calamity, can you give our viewers a little background on what style of burlesque you perform or how you would describe your brand?
1: Well, my burlesque brand comes from my tagline, the Asian sexation, and it was a tagline given to me. I did not come up with it myself, but I think my blend and my brand of my style would be a fusion of, you know, Asian humor and classic burlesque glamour. Yeah. I've seen both sides of it, and both
0: are executed with the utmost of glamour and grace. Thank you. Can you
1: give us a little uh, origin story on how you got into burlesque, especially in a city like New York? Well, it was a dark, wintry night. Oh, no. I was walking through the East Village, and lo and behold, I see a sandwich board that said, burlesque. $5. $5. And I said to myself, I could do $5. Yeah, I definitely. got $5 in my pocket. I went in and it was the starshine burlesque. Oh. This is over 10 years ago, yeah. maybe even more. And that was my immediate introduction to what burlesque was. I didn't even know what that word meant. Yeah. But I was immediately enamored with how the women were using their bodies for comedy, but also sexy and yes. as playful. Love the costuming, of course. You know, little girl princess fantasies just yeah. like p- choo, totally yeah. resurfaced. And so that kind of like got me into the idea of Burlesque. But it took a long time before I actually started performing. Right. So that was the genesis of burlesque entering into my mind and then i started taking classes to the school of burlesque in new york and started producing shows right away as like a newbie the opportunity landed in my nap. i mean my lap <laughs> in my nap when i was sleeping <laughs> things happen when i'm sleeping a lot happens when we sleep okay <laughs> it's where the real work gets done and um, and so
0: that's sort of like how it all got started that is incredible did you come into it with any performance
1: background whatsoever or any dance training well no dance training i did do a lot of improv when i was in college and i've always i guess enjoyed doing things in front of the tv and the camera so i also did a lot of speech and debate like a nerd in high school
0: (laughs) how does that even play into burlesque i mean i love it it's i guess it's presenting things it's
1: being comfortable speaking public that's really what it is and also knowing how to improvise like if someone's heckling you off stage what do you do with them hecklers right Right. You deal so, with So no, you deal with it, you just boss them. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's really it. And don't mm-hmm. talk don't talk to them. No conversations, not a dialogue. <laughs> you're on stage, you're the boss. I mean, I would apply that to any situation where <laughs> yeah. someone's
0: talking smack, right? Yep, just totally. pretend it's on a stage, set it there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, so let's talk about um, some of the acts in particular. Do you have any favorite, what would you say are your like top three most Ooh. known celebrated oh, performances? Oh,
1: okay, well, definitely thank you for narrowing it down to the oh. top three because they're <laughs> just like, I was like, oh my God, Do we? how much time do we have? <laughs> um, so I think right now, I think what I'm known for, and I've sort of put like a signature mark on my food-lesque acts, so that's food plus burlesque. Yes. And for me, I really love food. Yes. All, most Asian people love food, I can say that. I mean, people love food yes. in general. It's not just- We require it's just it. It's not just Asians. We've also found a way to make it taste yes, really well. Yes, exactly, and food is sexy. Yes. So the top three acts that I have that are most known signature acts is my sriracha bottle sriracha act i also have a hand roll sushi act (laughs) i call it. i call that the model minority roll (laughs) minority roll and my latest concoction is my cup of calamity ramen noodle act which i will be doing tonight and so those three acts for me are really important because it's my way of speaking about my heritage without being super didactic and super yeah. like serious and like, mm, right. It's just like having a sense of humor about your culture and your background yeah. through food because food unifies everyone as An- Anthony Bourdain is, yes. has shown us that, you know, people can find commonalities over a delicious dish of food yes. and then can overcome a lot of differences because of food because it's nur- nurturing, it's nutrition. So that's something that I really believe
0: in is this the message that you look to then uh give off to the audience when you're up there and actually performing these
1: acts i hope i hope to yeah. because i think you know if a it's funny as fuck to see <laughs> like a person dressed up as a sushi roll yeah. or a cup of noodles and being sexy and being funny but it's also like it kind of lets people know like look at how universal these asian food have become icons That's globally, true, globally true. right? Everybody knows what a couple of noodles is. True. Everyone knows a sriracha bottle. So it's also like, hey, look world, this is like, you know, multi- multicultural, I guess It's very you could on say. the pulse.
0: You know, Thank like you. these are very, very celebrated, well-known dishes, exactly. but being able to remind everyone, hey, you know, this is part of Asian culture. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Wonderful, wonderful. Exactly. So I love that. What would you say inspires you? Like, where do you get uh, all these ideas for these acts?
1: Hmm. I I guess, I mean, you know, this is what I'm sure lots of artists say this, yeah. that like, I find inspiration everywhere, which is true, you know, but I guess, um, you know, food is a big passion of mine, but also imagery, yeah. visuals are uh, important. Sometimes it comes through music. I don't know. I guess I just kind of like whatever interests me, I try to pay attention to that and think about why that's uh, yeah. of interest to me. So you and don't then, have any creative blocks ever? It sounds like if mm, you're open as you yeah, are. Yeah, I don't really experience blocks, okay. I have to say. I know when to take a break. Like if I, I know when not to push it. Like yeah. if I'm tired, if I just feel like it's not working, i yeah. was like, you know what, I'm just not gonna look at it. And just free your mind to think about something else. That's and smart. then it comes back to you when your mind is ready. You know that incubation period. I think is really important. Definitely, it's
0: and that's necessary in a city yes. like New
1: York. I would imagine. Yes, can too we much talk stimulus. about
0: the reality of being a showgirl in New York City? Is it as glamorous and fabulous <laughs> and all that jazz? Like, like what? What is it like? I love that. The reality can of being here. Can we do it
1: like together on count of three? Ready? Okay.
0: One, two, three. Thank God I didn't kick you. She has a show tonight. Can you imagine? I bust her ankle right before.
1: Well, he almost broke my teeth the other day. (gasps) No, he didn't. I I was drinking from a water bottle, and he like backed up into me, and he went (laughs) like this. But it was it was okay. There was no like missing teeth. Okay, that's lucky though. Thank God. Thank God. But anyway, okay, yes. So, um, being a showgirl in New York City. Yes. Well, if you just look at my Instagram, it definitely seems like a glamorous life. But the reality is it's a hustle. First of all, you got to like get everywhere with your bags on the subway or in an Uber. So it limits a lot of what I can do in shows just because of portability issues. And I do think that in New York, you have to have more than one job. Very few people can do burlesque full time as their sole income. And those who do it still make costumes as a, you know, side thing or they teach or they bartend. And so that's the reality of living in New York. It's expensive. And so you have to be, you know, very multi, multi multi-textured, I guess you could say. And, And
0: also what it takes to do burlesque and to
1: do it well is expensive it's very expensive it's also very competitive in new york too (sighs) so there's always you know people everybody everybody wants all the top gigs they all want the work of course totally everybody wants the work
0: and you're also a producer you create shows, you create some of the top shows in the city, I would truly say, because you've had some wonderful you know, productions with, what, where is it, Lower East Side, you've yes. had Nurse Betty for yes. a while. nine
1: years at Nurse Betty.
0: Nine years at Nurse Betty. That's just about as long as your career is
1: what I'm understanding. Yes, it's nine years, and as my parents always say, nine years, you could have gotten two PhDs <laughs> in that time. <laughs> or maybe two masters, but instead you're stripping for $10 and $20 a night. Oh, why do we bring you to this country? <laughs> When
0: you're, when you're building these shows and putting together your weekly productions, what are you looking to include? What's important to you? Well,
1: for me, I always think about museum fatigue, right? So when you go to a museum, sometimes you just like the most people, most people can last as an hour and a half because then you get tired because it's a very kind of monotonous experience. You're yeah. walking, you're looking, you're using your brain. So I think sometimes I experience burlesque fatigue as well. Like I don't want to see another glove peel. No. If I'm putting together my show and my set list, I also don't want to see another gown act with like glove peels and then like a shimmy skirt. Yeah. And you know that's just that's sort of like the lexicon we have right now in burlesque costuming. So I try to find diversity in my cast and diversity in the acts as well. For me also it's boring for me to see the same body type over yes. and over yes. and over again and so for me it's also just I want to see diversity yeah. in body shapes and also diversity in like yeah. background and people you know performers of colors yeah. also important so that that to me is interesting too when I put together and Absolutely. consider what to book now do you want to talk just a little bit about um, the Asian
0: burlesque festival um,
1: the Asian Burlesque Festival is happening tonight <laughs> And what's your role in that and tell us what that production's been like. Putting so it together. I am one of the co-producers. I co-produce it every year with Jen Capay, a.k.a. Thirsty Girl. Mm-hmm. She and I have been working on the show for the last seven years. It's one of the most important shows to me. It's something that I work towards all year long. Mm-hmm. And it's a show that aims to bring visibility and exposure to performers of Asian heritage, yes. um, I'm really excited about this year because it's not the usual suspects, mm. and also Asians do come in all different shades as well. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of like East, South, Southeast Asian representation this year. Also. A couple of performers from Montreal and Ottawa. Wow, Canadians. Yes, yes, they I get love sexy. Canada. Wait,
0: they, they know how to get sexy? They- <laughs> Canadians? I'm shocked.
1: <laughs> so I'm really excited about this yes. year. We're almost sold out. It's at Le Poison Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, doors at seven, shows at eight. Amazing. And Calamity,
0: just to give us uh, a little more t- uh, taste of your attachment to burlesque
1: have you always been comfortable taking your clothes off um that's a very fun question to answer (laughs) and i someone just asked me that recently so this fresh my answer is fresh on my mind Um, the answer i think would be yes i think it's something that i've never been really shy about Mm. i guess in in a sense but i think it's a reaction to chinese culture's sexual oppression of women's sexuality um Definitely growing up with big boobs is not something that Asian people see as attractive. You're supposed to be thin and like boyish figure. Wow. So I kind of grew up hearing that, you know, I'm not attractive or you're dumb because you have big boobs. That's, that's a very Chinese way of thinking. Not yeah. Chinese American, but Chinese. Yeah. And so I think when Burlesque came around, it was my reaction to say fuck you to wow. that and kind of like taking it back and being like, you know what? I love the way I look. I love yeah. the way that, you know, I didn't ask to have 34 Ds. <laughs> it just happened. Oops. So. Oops. <laughs> so I think for me, that was... um that was what burlesque did for me yeah yeah and
0: it sounds like an incredible journey it's it's good it's a good thing to retrace and see where that comes from yeah
1: you're right because in the beginning that i was not that aware of like where the these feelings were coming from the motivation so Uh,
0: outstanding you really are (laughs) such an exciting performer and and what a treat thank you so much for giving
1: me this interview today thank you had so much fun and now
0: where can all of
1: our viewers connect with you online well i am on instagram at calamity chang that's c-h-a-n-g as in Calamity Chang, because I'm from Texas, but I'm Calamity Chang, uh, in case people didn't get that. Sometimes I do have to explain that. Um, I think that's the best way to find me or my website, calamitychang.com. I'm leaving Facebook.
0: Oh, okay. Well, definitely get those addresses down in your books and have a look uh, for more about Calamity Chang and find out where she's performing next. From Brooklyn, New York at the Hacienda Villa, I'm Laura Desiree, and this has been The Schmooze. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. She is a real treat. So lovable, so sweet, so smart, and so slick. You got to catch her in action sometime if you find yourself in New York City. But of course, she's got a glamorous tour schedule as well. You can find all things Calamity Chang, the Asian sexation, at calamitychang.com. And hey, why not check out the video version of this interview? You know it's hot, you know it's beautiful. You can find that only at NakedNews.com. Hope you've enjoyed every last moment here on Talk Naked. We'll catch you next time.